Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that takes you on a quick trip through history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about the day when the Rough Rider president went for a smooth ride through the streets of Hartford, Connecticut, and didn't much care for it. The day was August 22, 1902. Theodore Roosevelt became the first American president to make a public appearance riding in an automobile. His momentous ride took place during a tour of New England while campaigning on behalf of the Republican candidates in that fall's midterm elections. Riding in the front seat of an early electric car, the president spent several hours greeting supporters who had gathered along the roadside in Hartford. His car was preceded by a Union Army veteran on horseback and was escorted on three sides by uniformed policemen on bicycles. The onlookers didn't realize it at the time, but they were witnessing the birth of a new symbol of the American presidency, the first presidential motorcade. Given his adventurous reputation, it's no surprise that Teddy Roosevelt racked up a ton of presidential firsts during his tenure. For example, he was the first president to ride in a submarine, the first to leave the country while in office, and the first to host a black American, Booker T. Washington, at the White House. He was not, however, the first to ride in a car. That distinction goes to his predecessor fellow Republican President William McKinley. In 1899, McKinley rode in a steam-powered car piloted by its inventor, F.O. Stanley. However, McKinley's drive was a private affair and wasn't witnessed by the public or by the press. That technicality allowed Roosevelt to claim yet another presidential first, becoming the first sitting president to ride in a car publicly as part of his official duties. He did so in the late summer of 1902, during the second year of his first term in office. 
After arriving in Hartford by train on the morning of August 22nd, Roosevelt climbed into a Columbia Electric Victoria Phaeton, which had been manufactured right there in Hartford. He then set off through the city streets, waving to the thousands of men, women, and children who had come out to cheer him on. Sitting alongside the president in the front seat was Colonel J.L. Green of Hartford, but neither of the men were actually driving the car. Instead, it was piloted by two chauffeurs who sat behind Roosevelt and Green on an elevated box, a holdover from the design of horse-drawn carriages. The event epitomized the changing nature of transportation during the era, mingling the horse, the bicycle, and the automobile on the very same street. At the time, car production was still in its infancy, and roughly half of the nation's automobiles were electric. The other half were mostly driven by steam, with only a small fraction of cars using the internal combustion engines that would come to dominate the industry for the rest of the 20th century. The Victoria Phaeton was propelled by two rear electric motors, which drew power from 20 2-volt batteries. The combined weight of the batteries was about 800 pounds, approximately 40% of the vehicle's total weight. The result was a car that topped out at just 13 miles per hour, and Roosevelt probably never even went that fast. Since his leisurely drive through Hartford took nearly three hours, they were likely going only about four miles per hour. Today, riding in a car is about the least impressive way for a president to travel, but it was a different story in 1902. Back then, only the wealthiest families could afford to own something as cutting-edge or as impractical as a motor car. The Victoria Phaeton, for example, carried a sticker price of $3,000, roughly five times the average annual wage. Watching one of those roll down your street likely would have been a draw in itself, whether the president was riding shotgun or not. Aside from its appeal as a status symbol, though, the automobile also made Roosevelt's tour more efficient. He was able to stop at different points along the route to shake hands and then continue on, all the while waving to the people along the street. According to the New York Times, this new approach to public appearances was a real winner, as it, quote, seems to have given the people the opportunity desired of seeing him. The Times also reported that Roosevelt was pleased with the outcome, and that he quite enjoyed riding in the, quote, handsome Victoria automobile. He certainly looked happy enough in the photos taken that day, but there's reason to think the president may not have had such a great time after all. Writing to a friend in 1905, Roosevelt admitted his distaste for automobiles, saying, quote, motor cars are a trial, aren't they? I suppose that ultimately we will get them into their proper place in the scheme of nature, and when by law and custom their use is regulated in proper fashion, their objectionable features will probably be eliminated. But just at present, I regard them as distinct additions to the discomfort of living. The rough-and-tumble president much preferred horses to cars, so when it came time for his second inauguration, he decided not to replicate his outing in Hartford and chose to ride in a carriage instead. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. 
You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can write to me directly at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.